This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome into Sports Talk Thursday night edition from the Dave and Buster Studios here in downtown Columbia. Phil Cornblute, Pat Daniel. Chris Bergen is back from South Dakota. They were delayed in their travels. He's really, really tired after a win last night by Coastal Carolina. So he'll be back with us tomorrow night, 888-898-2525, 888-898-2525, South Carolina education lottery lucky number for you here on sports talk we welcome your phone calls if you're listening to us over one of our stations or you're getting us on our stream on twitter facebook youtube listening to us on our audio stream on our website sportstalksc.com feel free to give us a call and join in on the conversation tonight we'll catch back up again with shrine bowl coach jerry brown at 7 30 they've wrapped it up for the most part i think tomorrow maybe some Maybe a walkthrough, light workout. They've got uh, dinner tonight, and they've got a banquet tomorrow night. And then they play the game over at Spartanburg High School. So we'll get the final word from him. Maybe we'll find out about some of the starters. Maybe we'll find out who the starting quarterback's going to be for the uh, Sandlappers against the Tar Heels. Saturday in the 86th Shrine Bowl, we'll hear from Cade Klubnik, Clemson quarterback, preparing to make his first start. With the Tigers, quite a place to do it. Fort Lauderdale in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee. And get his thoughts about that situation. USC opened bowl practice today. And uh, they did so without uh, Gilbert Edmond, starting defensive end. He's entering the transfer portal. This is one I just don't understand. Now, I don't know what's behind the moves. Could be personal. Could be financial. You know, with South Carolina's issue with Park Avenue, is this leading players and commitments to leave? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just thinking, why would a guy who's gotten a chance to start after being a backup, he's gotten a chance to start and build something and establish himself, why would he transfer out right before the bowl game? Now, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is a guy, Gilbert Edmond who's done a nice job for himself. He wasn't all that heavily recruited coming out of high school. He had a teammate that was more coveted, and South Carolina didn't get him. But he made a, a player out of himself. I, I don't know. Every, every transfer has a story, I guess. And we'll talk more about all of this coming up. But this is not the only news uh, coming out of South Carolina. Of course, Darius Rush put out that he is um, – going on to the NFL, but that was pretty much already known. I think it was definitely known and not going to play in the bowl game because he'd already accepted an invitation to play in the senior bowl. So we knew he was moving on. Now, Ben Portnoy from the state, and I don't know if anything more has come out of this. We'll have to look, Pat, when we have a chance. I haven't had a chance to look. But he was at practice today. They went indoors, and he did not see Juice Wells, Jalen Brooks, Dylan Wanham, or Lavoisier Carroll at practice. That was so far, he said. That was Now, the media was allowed to watch about the first five periods, 
15, 20 minutes. So now he said that uh, Christian Bill Smith seemed to slightly limited, but he was in pads and moving around. So the question is, what's up with this? Were these guys um, just late to practice? Had something holding them up? I don't think there's any more classes, right? They've had graduation at South Carolina. I think exams, classes are over. That wouldn't be it. So I don't know. Um, and I don't know if anything more has come out of that since late this afternoon because I was preparing to uh, to get downtown. And, uh, I mean, if, if those guys are gone for whatever reason, and I'm not saying that's the case, if those guys are gone, that is a, that's a major problem. That's a major problem for South Carolina. Pat, see if you can scout around and, and see something else on that if, um, if there's more to tell there. So we're dealing with this, uh, this age of um, transfers and decommitments and um, opting out, and it's not good, as you well know, in my opinion. Okay, here we go. Here's a little more. I'm just seeing an update from um, seeing an update from Ben. Did you see the update from Ben? Yeah, Boozy Wells was uh, unfortunately in a minor car accident, but um, hopefully he's doing fine. And that was more of a precautionary thing to sit out practice today. Okay, yeah, Wells wasn't at practice due to a minor car accident. A spokesman confirmed to the state nothing major. And uh, let's see if there's anything else here in his recap as we pull this up very quickly. Um, Jalen Brooks, Wells, and um, Brooks, Brooks is out of eligibility after starting his career at Wingate. Wells was in a minor car accident and is awaiting a ride back to Columbia. A A spokesperson confirmed to the state, and Brooks, second on the team with 33 catches, 504 yards, is out of eligibility after starting his career at Wingate. Okay, that's what Ben is reporting here. So, I mean, that's basically another starting receiver out for the Gamecocks. Uh, He did start his career at Wingate, and then he went to Tarleton State, and then he came to South Carolina. So, I'm just trying to understand how he could play the regular season, and then be ineligible for the bowl game here. Handful of other pieces were missing from practice. Starting offensive tackle Dylan Wanham, backup running back Lavoisier Carroll, were not at practice during the observation period. And that is um, the story there. Florida transfer tight end Nick Elksness was at practice today. And... uh, he originally committed to Penn State before choosing Florida, so he was in watching South Carolina today. And let's see. The Gamecocks at tight end were down to converted running back DJ Twitty, walk-on Dave Adams, offensive lineman tight end Wyatt Campbell, and Nate Atkins. Offensive line coach Greg Atkins was back working with his group today. He's been working in a more off-the-field role after battling health issues earlier this year. Analyst Lonnie Teasley, who was not spotted at practice, had been handling the offensive line coaching duties. This is why it does me no good to go to these brief looks at practice because I can't recognize all this stuff. That's what makes Ben a special writer and a special reporter. He recognizes this stuff. Chapin product Xavier Short was with the wide receivers today. 
He came to USC as a tight end. And let's see. Walk-on quarterback Jalen Daniels did not appear to be at practice, he writes. He was one of three signal callers to join the Gamecocks this year, along with four-star Tanner Bailey, three-star Braden Davis. Why am I meeting, Why am I reading the stars rankings here? I don't do that. Um, Daniels came to South Carolina in part through Spencer Rattler. They share a private quarterback coach. Okay. So, yeah, I'm confused about the Jalen Brooks deal. Did you see anything else about that anywhere? Uh, apologies. I remember I have a lot of production work in the first segment here. I have not been able to read much, but you're saying that Jalen Brooks, he was he had eligibility all season. This is his fifth full season, um, starting, of course, Wingate, now his third year here. He's ineligible for the bowl game, but he was eligible all season? That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. He was Jalen Brooks, weren't spotted on the field, remember? No, 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 no. He finished second. Is out of eligibility after starting his career at Wingate. Well, we'll have to do um, a little digging and see if we can find out something more on that. Now, he should be out of eligibility at, for after a career. After the season. Yeah, after the season. But I would I would not think that would have any implications whatsoever on, on a bowl game. Yeah. I'll see if I can get further clarification on that. So, busy, busy time over there at, uh, at South Carolina today, to say the least. Uh, the Gilbert Edmund thing, a bit of a – I think that's a bit of a shocker. To be quite honest with you, you're talking about a guy who um, started the majority of the season, had become a pretty good player for them, a guy that wasn't all that highly acclaimed when he came to South Carolina, made himself into a starter, and uh, he decides to leave for whatever reason. So, And, Phil, I, I know I'm probably in, in the minority – on this between those of us on the show and, and a lot of our listeners, but I still feel pretty confident that a lot of these young men just view the bowl game as an exhibition. I just do not think that they care very much about it, especially if they have, uh, they want to pursue the NFL draft. It's just not worth the risk to them. They feel as though they've probably already shown enough to, to get to where they're trying to go. And they'd rather just go work with a specialist at their position to get ready for the combine and the draft. And then if you're going to transfer with the way, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We need to push back the date of the window. It's a very tight window from where you have to enter the portal. You have to find a potential suitor. And I mean, right now, if there's a th- if there's a there's like fifteen hundred people <laughs> in the that. in the in the portal, well, well, you're competing against a lot of people, and you you got to go ahead and try to get committed somewhere and practicing for a bowl game, playing in a bowl game. That that takes up time, and so you're only going to be left with two sides of the coin. You either take the Grayson McCall approach, and you try to do both, and you stay with your team, play through the bowl game, but then you worry about are you a distraction to your teammates? Are you able to find another suitor? Or you take the DJ Uwe approach, where in Dabo Sweeney said he gave him his blessing. He is taking this time, and I realize he's no longer the starter, so mm-hmm. maybe slightly different, but he is taking this time to go try to find the next place for him to play, and it's just not, he's not sure if he can do both. Yeah. Somebody needs to explain to me, maybe Corey Miller. Maybe somebody, LaVon Kirkland, maybe somebody who played in the NFL, because, I mean, you probably know I've never played in the NFL. Did you know that? I did not play in the NFL. Neither did I, Phil. Okay. So I I do not know what it takes. I never went to the combine. I never had to prepare for the draft. I I just don't buy the argument when, when these kids opt out and say, to say, you know, I'm opting out to go prepare for the draft. The draft's not till April. The combine's not till February. 
I mean, you're talking about going through a handful of practices with your team and a game. And both practices, probably the lightest practices you go through all season. You know, they get you back in shape a little bit. I don't think you do a lot of banging, maybe a little bit here and there. But, you know, you're a frontline guy. You're not going to do a lot of banging. I mean, the idea is to go with your teammates, enjoy. And look, if you're Clemson, you're going to the Orange Bowl, but not as a playoff team. Uh, the playoff trip to the Orange Bowl is a business trip. There's no festivities. There's there's no hanging out at the beach. They're going to have a beach day. They're going to have activities every day. It's a fun trip. And it's your last go-around with your boys. And, I mean, really, two weeks two weeks of bowl practice is going to interfere with you getting ready for the draft? Yes, because it's more than that. It's not just two weeks. It's not just light practices. We're talking about the holidays where a lot of people want to be home with their families. These are young men that have already been away from their families potentially for three or four years. Maybe they live <laughs> elsewhere around the country. Hogwash. Now they're about to enter the NFL draft and Hogwash. potentially end up in Seattle. Hogwash to you, but not to them. Hogwash. I mean, that, if they're p- going to be in the okay. NFL, they're going to be away for the holidays every year exactly so maybe they want to spend a little last time at home before doing that i don't buy that i don't personally buy that all right uh let's go to the break and we'll come back to your phone calls 888-898-2525 south carolina education lottery lucky number here on sports talk if you want to join us we'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on what we're talking about and anything else usc basketball team huh it's gonna be a long season it's going to be a long season for Gamecock basketball when they get the SEC play. They got hammered last night at UAB. UAB is a, is a good basketball team, very good basketball team, and they got beat badly up there, over there in Birmingham. And uh, two bad runs. It was a 10 nothing start for one player for UAB scored the first 10 points. Gamecocks did battle back to tie it at 11. And then it got away from them. And then the second half, UAB started off with another run, built the lead to 20, and that was it as far as uh, the Gamecocks were concerned there at UAB. They're 5-5, five and five, and they got a game in Greenville against East Carolina on Saturday. Part of that uh, triple header, nice idea in Greenville to have this uh, holiday tournament involving South Carolina, Furman, and Clemson. think that's going to be a, uh, a lot of fun. So, um, if you're a basketball fan, that is, um, if you're a basketball fan, that's a great place to be. Of course, there aren't a heck of a lot of basketball fans in our state. But if you are, it'd be a great place to be there in in Greenville on Saturday to watch uh, those three games. All right, we'll hit the break, and we will come back with your uh, phone calls here on Sports Talk. Dial us up, 888-898-2525 is the number. Back in a moment. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. 
If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk here on the uh, Sports Talk Media Network, 888-898-2525. That's the lottery lucky number. Since, uh, since 2002, more than $174 million in lottery proceeds have been used to purchase, maintain, and fuel over 2,000 school buses in South Carolina. Learn more about the lottery's impact at seducationlottery.com slash education wins and playing for fun is a win for education. And that Powerball thing is back up like over $400 million. So you don't win. You're not going to win if you don't get out there and play. So buy the tickets. Have fun with it. Don't act like it's life or death. Keep it in perspective and just have some fun, and you'll uh, enjoy participating in the lottery and helping out education in the state. And we're at the Dave & Buster Studios here in Columbia. Be sure to eat, drink, play, and catch all the big games all season long at Dave & Buster's, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. Wonderful places, all three. And we'll be at Dave & Buster's in Columbia out in Harbison on Wednesday. So come by and say hello. I've met some nice people at our other stops in Greenville and Myrtle Beach. Nobody walked by and threw anything at us. That was nice. And uh, you can come by and say hello to us as well. Wednesday night, Harbison location. Dave and Buster's in Columbia. Let's go to Bobby up in Charlotte in the Queen City, getting us started tonight. Bobby, welcome into Sports Talk. Hey, Phil. Uh, good to talk to you again. Yes, sir. I just, uh, you know, this is so crazy to me. And you, you t I'm just curious with, with all your years of experience covering multiple programs, have you ever seen? a reversal in momentum like we've seen the last two weeks in, in with Carolina. I mean, we come off of an all-time high, crushing Tennessee. We finally beat Clemson. I mean, the, I mean, you can't have more momentum than what Beamer had, right? And it, correct me if I'm mistaken here, but during the last two weeks, here's what's happened. Lloyd, gone. Bell, gone. Stogner, gone. Edmund, gone. Rucker, gone. Pickens, Smith, and Rush all declared gone. 
We dropped a four-star offensive lineman. We dropped a three-star offensive lineman. We hired a guy that most people couldn't pick off the back of a milk carton, right? Mm. Um, you know, and 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 there are rumors of all kinds of transfer slash decommitments. I mean, honestly, from what I've you know, and this is just message board banner, but a lot mm. of times this stuff turns out to be true. I mean, it wouldn't shock any of us if Rattler and Wells both turn pro. And and you could see it obviously in the way, and I know you were there in person. You saw the way that Shane reacted uh, yesterday during his press conference. And obviously, Shane has been a little thin-skinned with the media throughout uh, his tenure here, his short tenure. But I, I just have never seen anything like this, Phil. And, and and I think that we were the first to jump on the portal one of the first programs last year. And we had kind of an inside track because Shane had that relationship with Rattler and Stogner and that really got the ball rolling. But I think what my greatest fear right now, Phil, is that from reading what people are saying, we don't have the NIL resources to compete with these other programs that are starting to poach our players. And we could turn out to be like kind of a, a farm system, if you will, where a guy comes in here, makes his bones one season, shows some promise, and then he's gone. I just, I mean, Phil, have you ever seen such a swift reversal in momentum as what we've seen the last two weeks? Well, and thank you for your phone call, man. That was well thought out and well put. Really appreciate it. And, I mean, this is just the age we live in. In South Carolina, and, of course, you're a Gamecock fan, so you're closer to them. They're not the only ones suffering through this kind of stuff. I mean, just – Check out the portal, and you'll see a large number. I mean, Florida has been hit. I, I can look up the number, but Florida's been hit with a ton in the portal. Arkansas's been hit with a ton in the portal. Uh, and we're talking big-time players for both. You know, Clemson's had some. For the most part, they've avoided the major player. Now, Miles Murphy's opting out to go to the NFL draft, and Trenton Simpson is out to do the same thing. He wasn't going to play in the bowl game because of an injury. So that's a little different. They've avoided the major player hitting the transfer portal, John, to this point. So, I mean, look, momentum, it's like baseball. Momentum is next day's pitcher. In football, momentum is your next game and how well you play and how well you execute and can you keep it going. Um South Carolina's definitely been weakened by what has happened. And you bring up the NIL. I haven't written this story yet. I'm going to, maybe tonight. But I spoke with the father of a big-time recruit that South Carolina no longer has a chance at, and he mentioned NIL as a major reason why South Carolina dropped out of contention, that other schools basically offered better NIL opportunities. You can make of that what you wish. Um, but it is a bidding war out there. There's, there's no sense hiding from it. It's a bidding war out there. I can't imagine what's going on with a lot of players. I'm not going to say all. I mean, there are still some holdouts out there who still cling to the idea that going to college and playing football or basketball is about an education and about maturing. But I'm afraid, and people, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm afraid now with today's culture, today's mindset, that there are a lot of families across the country with outstanding football players 
who now see these young men, these high school juniors, seniors, sophomores, as their meal tickets. And they see going to college as a way of making their ends meet financially and putting that burden, putting that burden on a 15, 16, 17-year-old to go make the money for the family. And for whatever reason, the family doesn't have the money. But they have the athlete. And now the athlete is the meal ticket. But he's not the meal ticket when he's 21, 22. He's the meal ticket when he's 15, then 16, 17, and going to college. And now college, because of the greed of the college people who are willing to ruin everything that college has stood for for the sake of trying to make the stinking playoffs. I mean, the playoffs are really the playoffs, the TV money, the TV money, the playoffs. I mean, think about it. It, that's what's driving the whole thing. It's it's all about making the playoffs. And now they're going to expand the playoffs. It'll be easier to make the playoffs. Okay. So now you can spend more money on players. So that's just the way it is, I guess. It's just the way it's become. And these kids now are going to be the, uh, the money makers for the families. Be right back. Got some lines open, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Recruiting is coming up. Got a lot of stuff to touch on there. Jerry Brown, Shrine Bowl coach, 730. Kate Klubnick in the second hour. Clemson quarterback. Hear from him as well as he kind of takes the reins now of the Clemson offense. He is the man, and if something happens to him, well, there's not really much behind him that has had any chance to play, so it's – it's really on him. They've got to keep him healthy, which you wonder, does that affect the play calling for Clemson? Does that affect the uh, the call by the by the play caller, by um, uh, Streeter, for, for quarterback runs? I mean, certainly he's going to run some when he has opportunities and he has to scramble. But do you have to think about that? If he takes a pop, if he gets hit and gets knocked out, who do you go to next? Hunter Johnson, I guess. And he's played zilch. So something to um, something to think about. Uh, third, okay. Third most productive quarterback for this season for Clemson, if you're going by yardage alone, was running back Phil Maffa with 19 yards passing. Hunter Johnson was 6 no. of 6 for 10 that's, yards, but Phil Maffa had 19 yards. That's sort of like the Gamecocks, <laughs> you know, their best backup quarterback's their punter, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Joiner. So Ben Portnoy from the state got back to me, and he said, uh, "No, he wasn't saying. He wasn't saying that Brooks is ineligible for the game. He said he just wasn't at practice. Is all. Said so he's not sure what that means beyond that he wasn't there today. So, so he's not sure what it means that he wasn't there today. And I've." reached out for further clarification and we'll see if we get anything else but thanks to ben for getting back to us and clarifying uh because i wasn't sure let's go to a hank in columbia hank's a clear thinker he can probably figure it out for us hank welcome into sports talk hey phil how's it going good man how are you 
I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I don't know if I can figure out. With, you know, there's going to be all kinds of reasons for a player not being at practice the first or at first 10 minutes, even some being still in the locker room. Yeah. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're only going to give you one 30 minutes if the player's in there getting treatment. You're not going to see them True. when they get to the second period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's you know, that's the disadvantage of not allowing y'all more time at practice. Uh, but, and it's uh, probably, you uh, know what, it, and they're being nice, and, and, and the media appreciates it. And Clemson gave the media up there uh, two days to look at the team yesterday and today. But the other part is, is that you get reporting. I'm not blaming the reporters. I mean, but they, they report what they see and they don't see. And what they don't see, of course, is there's two things. If they see guys with bandages on or in a boot, or in a scooter, you know, something out of the ordinary, they're going to report that. Right up the flagpole. <laughs> yep, yep. And then if they don't see somebody, if they don't see a regular there, they're going down the roster, they're checking off numbers. If they don't see somebody, they're going to report that. <clears throat> and then you wonder, well, why is this guy not playing? You know, what's the yeah, deal? Why is he not there? All so, yeah. And, and, I, and one thing I'll say, Corn, before I get to my point in reference to the last caller, uh, if, I mean, the things that he was quoting about different players – being out and all that, you could say that right now about every school. I think it was one school, which was Georgia, was the only school uh, besides South Carolina uh, that had less transfers out because obviously they're playing the playoffs. Yeah. But all these, like you were mentioning, Florida, Florida had 20 as of two days ago, and I think they picked up two more mm-hmm. yesterday. So it's just, it's these fans got to just get used to, unless something changes with the rules or whatever. This is the lay of the land. Now, for the people who hate the playoffs, this will probably be less from recognizable schools next year because there'll be with more teams having a slot in the playoffs, there'll be more teams like Georgia whose players are either waiting or or, or staying around because they have something to gain from it. You know, much as you you hate the playoffs, that's gonna be the, <laughs> that's gonna be the gift of the of the playoffs is that you'll have twelve teams or whatever. Well, what's going to happen when one of these players, big-time player who's going to be a high draft pick, and he looks at the fact that, okay, now, and let's say his team doesn't get a bye. So now, you know, he's one of the other eight, and he says, okay, we got to travel, and let's just say he's on a southeastern-type team, got to travel up to Big Ten country in late December to play outdoors in 10-degree, 15-degree weather, which it – you know what it's going to be in but, Chicago but, this weekend. Hang on. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. I'll let you talk. So, and he realizes, okay, I got to go play there. And then if we win, I got to go play another game. And then if we win, I got to play another game. And if we win, I got to play another game. So four more games to extend. Okay. For the sake of winning a national championship, which is precious to uh, a lot of people. Maybe not to that guy. My point is, what's going to happen when somebody opts out off of a playoff team? Have we had anybody opt out yet off of a playoff team? Yes, we have. Remember, uh, even though he had a little injury, the Boza kid from Ohio State was actually could have been cleared to play, and he opted out and he stood on the sideline. Okay. That might be a – you might have a rare occasion, but, Corn, uh, we have seen it. Right now, if you told – if all of a sudden they said, you know, this year we're going to switch – and we're going to add the other additional eight teams. Every kid that's transferring out from Alabama would be ready to suit them up because they probably figured they'd be favored against everybody but Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter if they were going on the road or playing, 
they're saying they, we got to win two games to get to Georgia or three games to get to Georgia. It's just that competitive spirit. I I bet you they'd take it, take it up. But um, Corn, the thing I hate about what some of these people say about some of these kids are, some of these kids um, are leaving and who are transferring out. It may have nothing to do with them being upset with Beamer or the football coaches or whatever. Some of these kids have struggled through some things throughout the year that we don't know about. And whether it be homesickness or just like you said with the big lineman, he talked about the big lineman that decommitted. And, and every story you read, was he had a, there was a recent um, house fire that destroyed uh, his whole family's house. And now the thought process is whether he wants to go away from home for school or stay home at school. So there's all kinds of issues. You know where he was last night. You know where he was last night. You know where he was last night. He's at Maryland, but he lives at Corn. If you live in Maryland and you're starting to look and you're looking around, you're going to get something. I get that. I'm not completely an idiot. I understand that. And if he's got (laughs) home issues like that, then I I certainly understand. Um, I mean, I hope everything works out. I, I hope they have insurance and I hope they can rebuild and everything will be fine. That alone, unless there is some kind of a medical reason or he's just close to the family and he doesn't want to leave him. I, I can I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, so, but not, was I'm it just coincidental? Was it just that or was it, you know, is it just coincidental that his decommitment came at about the time that this collective at USC had to be shut down? for yeah. apparently well, working I mean, outside the NCAA rules. Yeah. And, of course, well, last night, who was he He was with? He was with Nicholas Harbor, and who were they seen talking to there in the Kevin stands? Yeah, yeah, with the guy that owns Under Armour, Armour who yeah. happens to be, you know, taking uh, – who happens to be the provider to USC of their shoes and, and their apparel. So it's funny <laughs> how all this goes around and around in the business world of college athletics. Yeah. So and I on, doubt, just, I, I seriously I, doubt he was there talking yeah. to those two guys well, about well, going to South one Carolina. Of them, one, of, one of them, it was a visit for one, and for the other one, the company. And we, and we've seen this before. All this is kind of could be speculation. It could be so. I'm just saying that, and I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying some of these fans have gotten to their mind that everything has to do with Beamer or high in the office coordinator. And I think on the, on the backside, when they start talking to these athletes, they're going to find out. A lot of them had different. Um, a lot of them had different motives for why they're doing it. Now, I wanted to answer your question. You asked about this thing with the kids with the draft, because I'm not mad with the kids with the draft either. These kids that are going opting and going into the draft, since these NIL guys have agents, these kids can actually have agents, and as long as they weren't doing certain things, they could play in the games. The problem is, um, the combine is eight for these kids who have a bowl game that's near. New Year's Day. The problem that I've been hearing, and I've and I've heard this specifically from one a uh, couple of kids in some programs who are actually looking at draft, is that they have they're eight weeks after I guess January first before they're at the combine, eight or seven and a half weeks. And they're oftentimes the agents if their bowl game is near that day and it's an incon- inconsequential bowl game, not a playoff, then their agents are telling them two things. If they feel like they need the bowl game to help them or whatever, that's one thing. If they're getting selected for some all-star games, the agent is telling them, come work out with us, get ready, because at the all-star game there's going to be all of the NFL scouts, da-da-da-da-da. The other thing is you have some players, like you take a player like Darius Rushcorn, the last three games he was playing, it was obvious he was playing with a hamstring thing. He would check out, and, and it was like um, 
Willis Reed, you know, they'd work on him and then he'd come back in the game and make good plays. But if you got that hamstring off and, and let's say the one thing they're questioning you about is uh, your running speed and where you're going to be, then you're not going to spend a couple of weeks, two or three weeks playing for a bowl game, playing in a bowl game, and then take a max of, what, two or three weeks to try to get the hamstring fully healthy, then start training for two weeks and get ready for the draft. That's the kind of pressure, I think, that's on some of these kids. Their advice is coming from their agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. All right, we got to run. Thank you, Hank. Appreciate it. Yeah, I hear that. I know agents, that's another thing, you know, that needs to be – that's another part of the equation that's a slimy part of the equation that uh, all they're looking for is to make money off their clients, of course, and drag them into the NFL as quickly as possible so they can get paid. And I saw another thing that has come out, and then we'll go to the break. So another thing that's come out, I can't tell you the name of it, but somebody has created this company. This company, their uh, business plan is to sign up top high school football prospects. One of those would be Nicholas Harbor, who has signed up with them. And uh, they create cards, like playing cards, you know, athletic cards of the players. Each player can list 10 schools that they consider to be possibilities for them in recruiting. So they sign up with 10 schools. They list 10 schools, and then the fans of those schools, like if you in the case of Nicholas Harbor, South Carolina would be one of the schools, Michigan would be one, uh, Maryland, whatever. If you're a fan of South Carolina, then I guess you go through the South Carolina entry there, and you can buy his stuff. You can buy his cards. You can buy whatever else he has signed, you know, his jock strap, his chin strap, you know, whatever you feel like you want to throw your money at to try to buy the kid. And and so that's how money can be funneled to a high school kid now. And the company keeps 15%. The kid gets 85%. The company keeps 15%. So my point is you have got, I hate to say it, I mean, it's <laughs> you have got these people who are looking at the players as nothing more than ATMs for them. And wasn't that something that they were all opposed to when all this came about? They were tired of making money for everybody else. Now, I know the players are now making money or have the opportunity to make some money too. But how many other people are filling their pockets off your back because of this? You know, And I'm not even talking about agents. I mean, look, agents and the established professional leagues, you know, that's just – understood that's just part of the process but now here with the college situation just being totally out of control more and more people are coming out of the woodwork coming up with ways uh, to get their hands on the players much less people involved in recruiting who of course try to get their hands all over the players as well oh it's a beautiful thing college sports isn't it that's why we love it all right let's go to the break and we'll be back 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Coming up, Jerry Brown from the Shrine Bowl. At least those kids at the Shrine Bowl are down there playing for the right reason. They're playing for the kids in the Shriners hospitals and playing for that name on the front, the South Carolina name on the front, and not the name on the back. At least we hope so. 
and we'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Hope, life, and the great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Some people have hit us up on our stream with some comments. And let's see here. Uh, Ted writes, he failed his classes. I don't know who he is unless he's talking about one of the players we've mentioned. And let's see here. Um, another one writes, uh, this is from a Charger on. They don't feel it's worth the injury risk. Okay. Uh, I get that. This is from Eddie. Well, Phil. I like when it begins with well, Phil. Well, Phil. I'm old school also, but it is about money and what they make off the young kids. But so is radio and discussing all we do about some guys. Money made. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, Good question. Let me think about that for a second. I mean, we're a sports radio show. We're a sports talk radio show, and we are free. We stream for free. Our website is free. Our Twitter is free. Our Facebook is free. Our YouTube is free. Our airwaves are free. And we're supported by fabulous advertisers and fabulous radio stations. So we make our money by selling advertising we talk about topics of interest to the audience in the state now does that mean we're talking about gamecocks and tigers and paladins and bulldogs and bulldogs and shauna clears and all the others are we talking about them yeah 
does that put us in a position of making money off them because we talk about them? Like some guy who's out there pimping them? No. We're not pimping them. We're talking about them. You're listening because we're talking about them or we're talking about the coaches or we're talking about the games, but we're not pimping them. There's people out there pimping them, okay? So don't put us in the same category if that's what you're saying. Maybe I'm misconstruing, but no, it is not the same that uh, we're sitting here discussing it, and it's not costing you a dime. It's not costing you a dime, you know. We're not like one of the pay websites. There's no paywall that you have to go behind here to hear our opinions, to hear what we have. So, no, I don't see it that way at all. All right, uh, let's catch up on a couple of things. Seattle Seahawks have cut Wayne Gallman from their practice squad. So he's bounced around the NFL a little bit. Gosh, that was quick, too. All I can hear, all I can think there is, remember, they had a few injuries. Uh, Kenneth Walker III was hurt. person in front of him was already lost earlier in the season. And mm-hmm. I believe Kenneth Walker's backup was hurt, and they were left with only one running back on their roster. And he was questionable this week. This is all my fantasy football stuff coming into play here. Uh-huh. But uh, – but hate that for Gallman. He, he was given another opportunity, but all I can think is either they didn't like what they saw or the guys in front of them were suddenly healthy. Poll question of the week is about Spencer Rattler, who's not yet decided what he's going to do. If he does return to USC next year, what would you think the Gamecocks would accomplish? 759 votes are in. We got 51.3% who say another 8-4 and four at best. We got 38% who say a minimum of 10 wins. We got 6.1% who say college football playoff for the Gamecocks. And 4.6% say they'll make make the SEC championship game at best. But the problem is, as things stand now, I mean, if Rattler comes back, who's going to be there to support him now? Who's going to be around him? You know, is Wells coming back? Um They've already lost so many key pieces from last year's team. It's going to be, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're Shane Beamer and company, you're looking at a rebuild here. You're starting to look at a rebuild, which is not something that you would have expected coming off the season. Uh, we got recruiting coming up for you, so stay tuned for that. Newberry running back Mario Anderson Jr., he'll be part of our recruiting update. He's garnered. Another national award, his second in as many days. He was named D2 First Team All-American by the Associated Press, and he's in the transfer portal. Going to be visiting South Carolina tomorrow, so we'll talk more about that coming up in recruiting. Talked about Gilbert Edmond, Gamecock defensive end. He's transferring 39 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and two sacks this season. Darius Rush. Uh, made his NFL announcement already accepted for the Senior Bowl and planning to skip the uh, the bowl game. For those of you who are up-and-comers in high school football, the Palmetto Combines will have two combines at each location next year, one for the rising seniors, that's the 24 class, one for the 25 class, and one for the 26 class. And those dates, let's see, those dates are as follows. April 1st in Somerville, April 2nd in York, 
April 15th at Westside and April 16th at West Florence. Interesting to see a, a picture by a recruit that Nebraska's recruiting, and they had Nebraska coaches there. And there's Marcus Satterfield wearing his Nebraska, his Nebraska top, Nebraska Huskers, and looks like everybody's happy there. Former Clemson Reserve quarterback Billy Wiles is transferring to Southern Miss. Okay. And let's see what else. The NCAA named the Massachusetts governor as their new president. Charlie Baker has been selected. Boy, I tell you what. Wait, the governor of Massachusetts? Yeah. The governor of Massachusetts. He's a Republican who's been the governor since 2015. He's concluding his second term in January. So he's done. Right. I guess he's done. He begins his new post on March the 1st. He played power forward. Oh, he's out of my alma mater. He uh, was a power forward at Harvard during the 77-78 season. Has no previous collegiate administrative experience. But we Harvardians, we Harvardians, how would you pronounce a Harvard grad? We Harvarders, we don't need experience because we're smarter than you are because we went to Harvard. And he's 66. He has uh, degrees from Harvard and Northwestern. <laughs> wow. And then, Phil, did you mention uh, Furman tight end Ryan Miller being named All-American for a third time? That's that's impressive. He becomes the first Furman Paladin to ever be named a AP All-American three times. Wow. Yeah, he's – I mean, the Steelers really liked him. I'm not saying that's where he's going to go, but I know they scouted him a lot. He talked about him. I believe he talked about him when we were there in the preseason. Um, but, yeah, he had a great year, like 70-something catches this year. He's that um, that true hybrid tight end receiver type. Big enough to play tight end, but sleek enough to get down the field as a receiver. Okay, got to hit the break here, top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network here on a Thursday. Tomorrow night, looking forward to a tomorrow night show. Every night, of course, we look forward to it. But tomorrow night, we're going to be over at Tsunami Bar. Tsunami Bar Sports. Tsunami Bar Workout Center. Tsunami Bar Golf Center. George Bryan. Tsunami Robbie. The whole gang over there. Looking forward to visiting with them. Might get in a little workout myself with the old Tsunami Bar. Flex it a couple of times. You know, see if I can get 250, 300 up on the Tsunami Bar. Yeah, you should. Why yeah. not? I got to try that one of these days. I got them in my golf bag. I'll be happy to bring them in and demonstrate them to you. Well, you can watch our video and see how uh, how Robbie demonstrates how to use them and get the most out of them. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, coming up, we've got recruiting. We've got Jerry Brown, Shrine Bowl coach, and we've got the Clemson quarterback, Klubnik, coming your way tonight. As we go back to your phone calls, and for those of you just joining us and catching up with us, welcome. You've missed uh, quite the show. 
You miss an hour, you miss a lot here on Sports Talk. If you're just tuning in, Gilbert Edmond, USC defensive end, has hit the portal. So he's transferring He's transferring out. <clears throat> and Darius Rush officially tweeted out that he's leaving for the draft, which, again, was a foregone conclusion after uh, he accepted an invitation to play in the Senior Bowl and was going to skip the bowl game. And and also, uh, again, reporters over at USC Today cited a number of players who uh, were not seen at practice when they were there for the open session, like Antoine Wells. Now, it turned out Antoine Wells had been in a, a minor uh, traffic accident and was not able to get to practice. Uh, Jalen Brooks wasn't seen. Uh, Dylan Wanham wasn't seen. Uh, just some off the top of my head that reporters reported weren't there. Uh, so there you go with all of that. Um, we get back to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Harold, up in Greenville, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. I had to sit through the first hour of that BS with the Carolina Calls segment. No, I yeah. I yeah, I'm sorry you missed us. <laughs> yes, listen, uh, I'm going to kind of elaborate on what I, last time I was talking about this transfer portal. And, uh, you know, I, you asked me what would I want to see. And that was, I didn't want to see any kind of player whether you uh, contributed or didn't contribute to a team that's going to the bowl. But you had the nail on the head about this February. I thought, what was it, the signing date? I think it was you brought up? Yeah. You, listen, that would, that would end about half of this crap that's going on on that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, it's just, Marshawn Lord, I can't get over it, and uh, this, I don't know what he's going to, uh, to elaborate on his, uh, you know, to to uh, enhance his pros, if he goes to Georgia and Alabama, even Clemson, I'd love to see him go to Clemson. What do you think? He's free to go anywhere that will take him, and I think he's, I mean, Maryland seems to be doing a bunch of stuff that you yeah, can do yeah. now. I think Maryland is really using their resources and impressing a lot of kids. And uh, he's from, you know, up that way. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Maryland got a, a good hard look from him. So it's I don't know on. if he wants to go back closer to home and that kind of stuff. See, this is this is really getting to me to all this transport uh, portal crap. I, you know, listen, I'm an old 77 and I'm 11 years your senior. <laughs> no. Yes, I am. I'm 77. You really are a senior. If you're, go ahead. I'm, I'm 77. I've been going through this, and I've listened to you since 1985, so that should tell you something. Well, that's great. I'm glad you stuck with us. We we need you. Yes, I, I was a truck driver, and I've always had my station turned to you. But this thing about the uh, all this transfer portal stuff, it, uh, Corn, I'm living in a world that I thought I'd never see. That's all I can tell you. But one thing, I'm going to give you a little trivia question. What's the New York Yankees? I've been a Yankee fan since grade school. Mm-hmm. I go, Listen, I go back to uh, Don Lawrence's no-hitter in 1956. Wow. Wow, right. And listen, what does the New York Yankees and Tom Brady have in common? The New York Yankees and Tom Brady. What yeah, do they have it. in common? Except, that's uh, let's see. You know, one's considered the greatest quarterback of all time. The other's considered yeah. the greatest franchise of all time. Yeah. 
Yes. But that's probably not the answer you're seeking. I'm sure it's a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. Well, they do have something in common. Um, well, the Yankees have a lot more rings than Brady has. That can't be in common. Um, I don't know. You tell me. It's a, it's a record that you'll never see broken for world championships in my lifetime and your lifetime and probably anybody that's over 40's lifetime. Oh, you mean like Brady's got more Super Bowl rings nobody will ever pass you'll him? You'll never see nobody break his Super Bowl. Now, listen, I'm 77. I won't see it. And you 66. I'm going to uh, see it. I'm, I'm going to be around a while, dude. And you're going to be around a while. And uh, Gamecock Larry's going to be around a while. We're all going to be in the nursing home doing this show. And, well, I hope. <laughs> and, and talking about it and, uh, you know, cleaning our dentures. And, uh, well, listen, I, well, wait a minute. Last but not least, I want to give kudos to Pat. He is one classy producer or screener. You don't know how much that meant to me last night. So that's what I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get to pass. Well, he appreciates that. Appreciate that, Harold. Right. And with it, without you and all of our other listeners, we wouldn't be able to do this. I'm, I'm able to have my day job, come in here at night for a few hours, turn the brain <laughs> off and talk sports and uh, run my mouth a little and bit. And that reminds me to say to you, Pat, that reminds me to say to you to keep your day job. <laughs> thank you, guys. I've always wanted to say <laughs> that. All right, thank you very much. I really don't like discussing ages. You know, age is just a number. So, please, let's don't identify people by ages. Trying to avoid that at all costs. But thank you for the phone call. 888 898 Line is now open if you want to join us here on the program. Love to hear from you. And we'll give you the recruiting report coming up. Tell you what, let's hear from Cade Klubnik, the Clemson quarterback now, the guy who has taken over now that uh, he surpassed DJ Ui Yangalale. Here at the very end, I have figured out how to say his name exactly right. Uwe Yangalale. Right? Uwe. The only right. one I have a problem with now on the Clemson team, remember they had all these names, is Rook. Or, or, or I cannot say it. Or, 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 Rook, or, 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 you say it. Rook, or, 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 I'm not any better than you. I mean, I really have a, tr- I have a hard time. I just can't make my mouth say it. Rook, I imagine Don Munson says it perfectly fine. Rook or Hor Horo or something like that. But I can say Cade Klubnik, much easier. And here he is talking with the media after practice yesterday. Tigers getting in a, another practice today. Media got a chance to watch yesterday and the day before. Here he is talking about his new spot as the leader of the Tiger offense. It's okay. Is it kind of sunk in for you that you're now the guy, you're the, you're the leader, the starting quarterback, leader of this team? Yeah, I think I think this week is, is kind of, uh, I guess, made me realize and just kind of settle in a little bit. And, um, but it, it's been fun. You know, it's, it's been awesome. Just a really a dream come true. And just I'm, I'm super excited about this team. I think we got a real shot going in this game. And um, it'll be fun. How exciting of a prospect is it? Just you know, with Tennessee, the national exposure that they got all season, yeah. SEC program, and all that. Great matchup. You know, Tennessee's you know a heck of a team. Um, they've had an amazing year, and I think it'll be a really fun game. You know, I think it'll be it'll be a big game for us. Um, just you know, over the past couple of years, I think this will be a big game for us. Um, you know, at the same time, it's just another game, and approach it the same as we would any other. And you know, I, I'm, I'm super excited. It'll be fun. How different is this approach for you now? You're the starter as opposed to, you know, you were the backup coming into those other games. Yeah, um, you know, I think 
kind of what Coach Drew has been telling me and Coach Sweeney all year is, you know, prepare like I'm the starter every week. So that's really been my mindset this whole season is, you know, prepare like I'm the starter. So all the way back to the first game, you know, just preparing every week, late nights, early mornings. And, um, you know, obviously it just goes up another level. Um, and I think that kind of started going in the UNC game. But, yeah, I mean, I think it, my preparation doesn't really change. Um, I think just the, the amount of intensity uh, that, that I have in practice and off the field and stuff will go up a little bit for sure. And that obviously the reps. Yeah. How, how different yeah. is that being that you get to you're getting now 100 percent of those first team reps? Yeah, uh, it's awesome. You know, I think Clemson also has such great talent. I mean, it's from the ones to threes. I mean, everybody everybody's good here. So that's just you know that's what Clemson is, and I realized that from the first day I was here. Um, but you know, I, I I would say from a skill standpoint. Um, you know, everybody's good, right? But it's just the knowledge of the game and, and continue to be consistent. And that's, that's what really separates guys on the team. So, you know, I think it's, it's pretty much the same. Same offense, still the same game. So, From your progression throughout the season, as you were going up, did you see yourself getting better each week? And maybe at oh, yeah. that, some, what point of the season did you think maybe you could challenge and ultimately become the starter? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I got better every, every week, every day. And that's kind of been my goal since I got here is, you know, don't ever get satisfied with where I am in my process and just continue to try to get better every single day because I never know when my opportunity is going to come, whether that's three years from, from now or, you know, now now I'm here. But um, but that was kind of my mindset was just try to get better every single day. Don't waste a day. You know, I'm here. Like, why waste a day? So, um, you know, it's been really fun. Was there a certain point, though, that it clicked better than it did maybe in the camp? Um, I mean, I would say definitely going into fall camp. Um, that was huge for me. Spring break, I was in, or sorry, not spring break, spring ball, I was in a tornado. Um, and then, you know, skills and drills over the summer helped so much. I mean, that was probably one of the best growing experiences in my whole, since I've been here, uh, other than the actual season, just, you know, dissecting defenses. And um, that, that was super helpful. I think going into fall camp, I felt more prepared than I have the first uh, going into fall, uh, spring ball. So. Did you feel like you had a pretty good chemistry with Cole right off the bat? And, and how, I guess, gradual was his development, his, his grasping and learning of the offense, just learning how to play the position? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only been playing football for three years and receiver for two. So, But he's he's just an athlete. That's really what he is. He's he's a guy that's dependable and a guy that, you know, I can trust to, you know, I, I throw it out there. He's going to go get it. He's going to go either run at it or jump up and go get it. So, you know, to have a guy like there, uh, like him, just you know, in kind of my back pocket is is so is so good. So. What kind of feedback are you getting from your teammates this week? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, just so thankful for all these guys. I mean, I, I feel like you know this is a really tight tight group. Um, I, I know it's my first year playing college football, but I don't think there's other programs like this that are as as close as this group is. Um, you know, from the defense, really everybody. I mean, there's not a guy that doesn't get along with anybody else. I mean, everybody is, we really are just one kind of group. And it's, it's definitely pretty sad. This is our last game. Uh, but I'm excited for the guys that are going to move on and do great things. But, um, you know, from, from uh, guys talking to me, I mean, I don't think really much has changed. Um, and I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to be me. And that's, that's really it. I'm not trying to change anything. Um, I'm just trying to be Cade, the, the one that I was when I first got here on my first day. And, you know, I think if I just keep on doing that, then you know, we'll be all right. So. Looks so like you got your left ankle taped up there. Do you, is that just a precautionary? Uh, I've had it the whole year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you look like you're moving around pretty good. Oh, yeah, I feel great. My body's never felt better. So. I guess as far as um, DJ leaving, I mean, were you able to speak with him yeah. before he left? And yeah. Any words for you? Or yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to miss that dude. He's, I mean, just 
I don't think I really realized how much he meant to me until he left. Um, just so many things off the field, um, just whether it's encouragement right before I go in and practice. And um, but you know, I, I got to talk to him. Let's see, that was last Friday. Um, and, you know, we had a great conversation, and I'm just I'm super excited. I'm I'm super excited about what what he's got to do um, these next couple months. So it'll be really fun for him. All right, Kay Klubnik sounds like he's in full control of things and uh, sounds very mature and understands what the task is ahead of him, understands what he is stepping into as the new starting quarterback for the Tigers. We'll see how well he performs against uh, Tennessee. In Tennessee, you talk about the transfer portal, John, and Tennessee's been active both coming and going. And uh, they have picked up a, a transfer from Indiana, in Charles Campbell, who is a uh, what is he? He is a five nine one seventy one. But what position? Oh, he's a kicker. Okay, he's a kicker, and they got a tight end in uh, McCallan Castles, who's transferring from um, the Georgia Southern. Can't make out what that. Uh, no, no, UC Davis from UC Davis, okay? So they've picked up a couple, but they're losing guys like Savion Herring, an offensive tackle, tied in Miles Campbell, wide receiver Jimmy Holiday, running back Lyneth Whitehead. I remember following him in recruiting. A wide receiver Jimmy Calloway. I remember following him in recruiting. Running back Justin Williams, tied in, I mentioned Castles, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and way back when, running back Len J. Dixon, remember him? <laughs> Former Clemson guy. Uh, he he jumped out into the portal. Well, he went. He announced his transfer a long time ago. So yeah, they've had some opt out, and of course, uh, Jamie Hyatt. Not Jamie, because that's his dad. Uh, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, the standout receiver who's opting out to go ahead and start working on. Um, his pro future. Okay, let's hit the break here on Sports Talk. After the break, we'll give you the recruiting report tonight. And then uh, Shrine Bowl coach Jerry Brown uh, will join us to update us on today's practice sessions, the last uh, major practice sessions of the week for the Sand Lappers as they get ready for the Shrine Bowl on Saturday against North Carolina at Spartanburg High School. Got that coming up. Recruiting is coming up. We'll finish up with uh, – A few more phone calls to wrap it up tonight, a little bit later on. We're back after the break. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. 
Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. All right, let's give you the recruiting report tonight. It is uh, brought to you by our good friends over at uh, Seawells. The daily luncheon buffet at Seawells will be right there for you once again tomorrow. Do we know if it's a an RBF tomorrow? Because if it's an RBF tomorrow, you might see the corn hanging out there. We do, and I may get a double dose. I was there today for their sliced beef brisket. And oh, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. First time I'd had that there. It was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow will be an RBF, roast beef Friday with the carved roasted sirloin of beef along with southern fried chicken and then spaghetti with meat sauce. Oh, spaghetti too? Right, yeah. What a buffet. So will you get all three and just mix them all together or what? Um, That's I'll quite just, the mix. I, I just pile them on. Love it. I pile them on one on top of another. But that sounds fantastic. And you know what? The uh, the daily luncheon buffet at Seawells is not just for us beautiful people. It's not just for we elite. It's for everybody. So we encourage everybody to come on out and enjoy the greatest buffet around for only $13. I mean, they are doing their best. They're doing better than any government official to keep inflation in check. Because these are anti-inflation prices. Only $13 for this huge amount of food and beverage and dessert and everything else. And then you got something that needs the very best in the catering business. Of course, we want you to call Seawells for that at 803-771-7385. So in recruiting tonight, 2024 quarterback Jaden Bradford of Chapin and IMG Academy. Of course, South Carolina's offered him. Shane Beamer and former QB coach OC Marcus Satterfield, former offensive uh, analyst Nick Coleman. They recruited him, and he had South Carolina in his top four, along with NC State, Penn State, and Louisville. Dowell Loggins replacing Satterfield and is expected to pick up the recruiting baton and continue the communication with Bradford as of last night. That had not had 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 not happened. Uh, Bradford is returning to Chapin uh, tomorrow, and he might visit USC this weekend for a bowl practice. That's not definite, and you know nothing's been confirmed for him 
from that standpoint. The uh, change at USC not affecting his attitude towards the Gamecocks. He did love Satterfield and Coleman. He said he was closest with them on the coaching staff, but he loves Beamer and what he's doing there. He believes in him. He says it won't sway his decision. He last visited USC for the Georgia game. He also visited for the spring game in April, had another unofficial visit earlier in the year. His interest in the Gamecocks is high, but he's not putting them over the others in his top four. He said NC State's been on him pretty hard recently, Penn State. Now the staff change at Louisville. He said uh, he doesn't really know what's going to happen with that. He's going to wait and see what the Louisville coaches are saying and if they are going to recruit him as well. He's not sure yet, but uh, he pointed out how crazy college football is. Uh, He's going to take official visits with all four schools in the spring and summer of 23. He does not yet have a commitment date in mind. Nine games this season for IMG, 71 of 91 passing for 1,071 yards and 19 touchdowns. Transferring Newberry running back Mario Anderson Jr., a Somerville native, tells us he's going to visit USC for bowl practice tomorrow. He's been talking with running backs coach Monterio Hardesty, and an offer is possible. He's been offered by Tennessee State and Tarleton State. He plans to visit those two officially in January at this point. All that could change with an offer from the Gamecocks. He'll be transferring in January. He was named a D2 All-American after rushing for 1,560 yards and 19 touchdowns. He has two years of eligibility remaining. And it appears the Gamecocks have moved on from Robert Henry, the number one player in the junior college class, the guy that won the uh, award for the top player in junior college football this year. At one point, from talking to him, it looked like They were getting pretty close, but that seems to have grown cold here over the last week or so. Tied in Reed McKeska of Cypress, Texas, tells us he's going to make an official to USC this weekend. He has been committed to Miami. He was once committed to Clemson. He also visited USC in March. Of course, they had the tight end transfer from Florida in watching practice today. 2024 tight end Michael Smith of Savannah said he's going to visit USC Sunday for their bowl practice. He has the Gamecocks in his final eight with a January 24th commitment date. Gamecock targets Nick Harbor and Olawatosin Babalade were at Maryland's basketball game with UCLA last night, and they met with the owner of Under Armour while they were there, and apparently they talked. Junior college offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock, who had an offer from USC and made an official visit, For the Tennessee weekend, he's named the top five of Oregon, Tennessee, Southern Cal, Michigan State, and Oklahoma. USC offered 2026 tight end Hezzy Kent, or He's Kent, H-E-Z-E, 65250 of Brunswick, Georgia, and former Clemson Reserve quarterback Billy Wiles is transferring to Southern Miss. There you go, recruiting. We got Jerry Brown, Shrine Bowl coach, coming up after the break. All right, we got Dr. Jerry Brown, the Shrine Bowl coach, coming up with us here in just a moment on Sports Talk. How about this story? Here we go. 
the National Labor Relations Board's Los Angeles region plans to pursue unfair labor practice charges against Southern Cal, the PAC-12, and the NCAA as single and joint employers of FBS football players and D1 men's and women's basketball players. The National Collegiate Players Association announced the move 10 months after filing the charge with the NLRB office. The goal is to affirm employee status for D1 players, men and women, as well as FBS football players. A ruling is still many months away, but the NLRB's latest move, while expected, is a giant leap forward in the fight to have college athletes become employees. Southern Cal, the Pac-12, the NCAA will likely soon stand trial to fight the charges, legal experts say. And in typical NCAA fashion, they will lose and they will lose big because they lose at everything. Okay. Somebody who is uh, not caring a hoot about all that because he's got guys who want to play for him and want to play for the state of South Carolina. That's the head coach of the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team from Berkeley High School. And I failed to properly introduce him earlier in the week. It should be Dr. Jerry Brown. Joining us here on Sports Talk, Coach, good evening. How are you? Well, Coach is good enough. I'm doing fine. Thanks, sir. <laughs> well, I want to be proper and respectful. Well, it's the end of the week. I guess maybe tomorrow you guys will do some light stuff, but I'm sure all the heavy stuff, all the heavy planning has been put in place. How do you feel about things here as we look ahead to the game Saturday? Well, let me clear it, too. I do care about all that stuff you were talking about previous because it all filters down to the high school. Somebody's talking about they're doing a image money and all that stuff, too, and they're already doing a transfer portal in high school. It's just underground. But mm. anyway, uh, the bad stuff seems to filter down to us, and it's a shame the money's changing the game so much. But anyway, we've been doing well. I tell you, our coaches are working hard. I've got a super situation with coaches because I've got some that can handle the defense on their own and some handle offense on their own. And I fiddle around with the offensive line a little bit and just kind of be a figurehead. But we've done well and still working to come together. It's quite a feat, really, to bring um, a running game and a passing game together and try and see what kind of team we are, whether we're – I think that we can be running and throwing and good and, and sort it all out so quickly. Yeah. What are your plans at quarterback? Uh, again, both those guys are so impressive and we're so fortunate in South Carolina. To have uh, you know Raheem Jeter from Spartanburg, a quality kid, big kid, Lenar Sellers. Again, those are the two of the best quarterbacks I've seen in high school. And the old saying is, nobody's like Freddie Sullivan, but doggone it, they they aren't pretty good. Yeah, have you got a starter? Well, <clears throat> both of them probably will play pretty equal time because I can't tell much difference either one of them, and just see which one has a hot hand come game time and but you know you can't really you can't i can't tell any difference in the ability to move the team either one of them both of them uh throw well and of course lenores can run the ball well but uh raheem's a big guy too and whoever gets those guys in college has got got some good good people don't they're gonna get some uh good plays out of yeah but have y'all decided which one's gonna run out first with the first team offense <laughs> no i, I haven't i have not I okay what um how do you feel about, I mean, it's hard, obviously, in, in just eight or ten practices to get a cohesive offense where everybody's on the same page and 
quarterbacks can read receivers and uh, do you feel like the offense is was clicking well in practice and uh, had and kind of had a good rhythm and a good flow to it? I think we're throwing the ball quite well. Our biggest asset offensively is the receivers. Uh, and you can't tell much difference between those two. Uh, you know, from Wilson High School, you've got uh, Sanday Butler and Zion Agnew from Ridge, Ridgeview there in Columbia. Uh, Tyler Brown, Andrew Danton from Spartanburg, Noah Jennings from Westwood, and Elijah Caldwell. Those are five, six very good receivers there. So we can throw and catch with the best of them. Uh, now, do we always have time? That, that's the thing about picking up any blitz and sophisticated blitz and pressure that we worry about. But uh, I feel like we can throw the ball very well deep or mid or screens too. So I think that puts a lot of pressure. I think they're very concerned about that from North Carolina's standpoint about our skilled offensive people. How good is North Carolina going to be up front? How well do you think you can block them? Again, uh, I, I think they have a – like I said, have some big guys, and then I think they have to change some positions around, have some quicker guys. But uh, I think you know, we're zone blocking pretty well, and everything there kind of starts off with the double team more or less. And uh, we've had some success there, and I think we can control the line of scrimmage enough to let uh, you know, Mr. Uh, guy from the uh, Dutch Fork uh, Green do mm-hmm. well, and also uh, the other running back from. Uh, Somerville, I think he'll, he'll add to it also. Both those guys, the Spells, Marquis Spells and Javari Spring, I think they'll, they can stretch the defense out and go inside or outside. Who's going to be calling the plays for you? Uh, Coach Fleming. Coach Fleming from uh, Broome. And I told him basically if I, if I see something, I'll sure say something. But, again, I've, I've asked him to kind of uh, – he does a four-wide and that's the one offense that's really outside of my wheelhouse. So, again, I've let him do the four wide. But we're also doing some two wide and three wide. Again, that's back in my wheelhouse from days when we had Andre Ellings and people like that, too. And we got some good yardage out of that also. Yeah. Talking with Jerry Brown, coach of the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team, what about your defensive side? What, what are you seeing over there? Uh, how physical, how fast will this group be? Will they smack you? They will. There's some. Wonderful hitters over there. They love to hit. We got a couple of them from Gaffney, and everybody knows about Gaffney football. But they they, uh, they have a defensive mindset over there, and that's important to have. So many players play defense and don't understand about defensive mindset, but you got to love to hit and enjoy, to be, enjoy being miserable, <laughs> and they do. But they, they, really, uh, they really enjoy hitting, and uh, we haven't really turned them loose. I know they had two, con- I think they had two concussions today in North Carolina, but we really <laughs> – haven't been uh, hitting like that. We kind of you know, t- taken to the ground anyway. But uh, I think they're they're ch- chomping at the bit to be full speed hitting. Hmm, that's tough. Couple of have you lost anybody this week who won't be able to play? We had uh, Cooper Campbell from Burns. He was the center, and he uh, had an old ankle injury. Came up. Other than that, we seem to be doing pretty good. We did have a linebacker today that. Got tweaked up with the new and had him checked out. Cameron Avery from Cane Bay, and we're checking about him. But other than that, you know, we're, we're decent healthy wise. I was concerned about the offensive line after Cooper went out. We had a couple more. We're pretty healthy offensive line wise now. Was Cooper going to be your starter at center? Uh, I don't know. Possibly not. We had another guy that's doing a great job, Jordan Knox at Northwestern. Interesting yep. enough, he didn't snap during the season, but. 
He does. A, he's done a wonderful job for us in, in the in the Shrine Bowl. Okay. So, what's the day like for you tomorrow? What kind of things will you guys do with the game coming up on Saturday? What's on the agenda? We'll go uh, 50 minutes on the turf, go inside for 30 minutes, watch video from the day, and then go about 20 minutes in the gym and try and get some things straightened out. And then we've got the, the banquet tomorrow night. We've got a meeting tomorrow also. And then we, on Saturday, we, excuse me, Saturday we got the game, but we just have a walkthrough, uh, you know, before the game a little bit. All right. You know, as you pointed out, you've been around the Shrine Bowl for a long, long time. You played it in 1967. You were assistant coach. Now you're the head coach. Uh, it's a game that obviously means a heck of a lot to you personally. Now, North Carolina is moving their East-West game to next year to like this same weekend with, with the Shrine Bowl going on, I think, from what I've read. They are. They are. That's absolutely correct. What does this mean, as far as what you know and can share with us, what does this mean for the Shrine Bowl? Is there going to be a Shrine Bowl next year? Oh, yeah, sure. I think they'll do the same thing we do. Uh, it took them a long time to make that move, but it's ridiculous having an all-star game in August because you know, a lot of people aren't going to play, particularly now when they opt out. But they'll just have the uh, all-star game first. But they'll pick the Shrine Bowl. That'll be the top players, just like South Carolina does it. But, again, the only problem you run into if you have somebody that doesn't report or gets injured, then, then the all-star people are not available to you. So their all-star game is going to be the same weekend as the Shrine Bowl. Okay. Well, I think that would be fine, too. But the, uh, the Shrine Bowl picks will probably be the premier picks that they, they make. Yeah. The best people. They're not. They're not going to send their second best down to South Carolina. No, no. But uh, but I want to make clear for North Carolina next year, the their East West game is going to be the same weekend as the Shrine Bowl. Unlike in South Carolina, where the Touchstone Energy is a week before. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but I don't think that makes a, a lot of difference either. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure on that. I didn't know if you'd heard anything more. So. And I, I've even I've even heard the rumor that they may even do that in South Carolina. I don't know. You mean have the Shrine Bowl move down to South Carolina, move down there to the beach? To be some, there seemed to be some interest in that, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think there is. I think, you know, with um, Coach Early taking over as the director of the Coaches Association and a lot of interest from his standpoint of, you know, trying to have a, a doubleheader type situation, um, well, how would you feel about that with the Shrine Bowl and the Touchstone Energy Bowl being uh, combined in a weekend? I think that would be fine. Be great for high school football somewhere sure. in South Carolina, Myrtle yeah. Beach most likely. Be a good showcase, you would. But the way it is right now, it's good because the fans in upstate have a bowl and the fans in the lower state have a bowl. That's a good point. It's a good point. Well, we thank you for being with us, Dr. Brown. Good luck to you on Saturday. Everybody in the state is pulling for you. I've told Shrine Bowl coaches in the past – if you win, you'll be uh, revered. If you lose, you have to leave the state, but I'm not going to make you do that. But <laughs> I don't expect you to lose. I expect you to win and go home happy. So best of luck to you. We really appreciate uh, appreciate you being with us. Well, kids and the coaches, we've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Take care. Okay, Dr. Jerry Brown from Berkeley, head coach of the, uh, the Sand Lappers. Thank goodness, most of the time, Sand Lappers have won that game. Of course, there was a time to be, you know, quite honest, when North Carolina had a conflict, uh, like the year Todd Ellis came out from Greensboro Page and they were playing for the state championship, North Carolina state championship weekend conflicted with the Shrine Bowl. So many times you had some of the best players in North Carolina who could not play. But then again, 
they have so many more high schools and so many more students and so many more players to choose from than South Carolina. The pool is much deeper in North Carolina than it is in South Carolina. So maybe that was sort of a an even exchange there. Well, good luck to the Sandlappers. That's the one team in South Carolina I think we can all uh, get behind, and we certainly do. And Spartanburg High School is a beautiful location, beautiful stadium, and uh, they'll do a great job putting that game on on Saturday. USC women are playing up in uh, South Dakota, playing the South Dakota State Jack Rabbits, and the Gamecocks are leading 29 to 18 with 127 to go in the first half. And the Gamecocks are being led by Boston. She's got 10, and we'll be back. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local licensed vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, thanks again to uh, Jerry Brown for being with us to update us on the Shrine Bowl. Couldn't break him. Couldn't break him on that starting quarterback. But they're both going to play, and they're both really good athletes. They're both mobile. They both have good arms, and the offense should be in in good hands. You got Jarvis Green back there running, and he mentioned the running back from Somerville. You got the offensive line. Um, supposed to be pretty good, so – See if the uh, Sandlappers can – you know, the key thing about these All-Star games, turnovers, and what we didn't talk about, which is also important, is special teams because typically you'll have a block punt or you'll have a shank punt that leads to a short field that leads to a touchdown, fumbles, things like that. Um, that has to all be um, thought about in these All-Star games. They don't get to practice a whole lot. Bad snaps, things like that. So – the team that handles special teams the best, uh, that's a that's a bonus for them. If you can handle your special teams business well, then you've got a chance to to win the football game. Okay, we got time for some final calls tonight here on Sports Talk. Final call for final calls. Hey, you know what? That sounds like a segment. Final call for final calls. We should get a um, should get a bar 
to uh, sponsor that. Final call for final calls brought to you by Joe's Bar and Grill down at the corner. Ooh, there's a certain friend of the program who wasn't a guest with us this past season who may be able to help with that a little bit. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Steve Tannehill? I wasn't going to say the name, but yeah, so Steve, if you're listening, (laughs) hook it up, man. Hey, you know what? Give us a call. The more I think about it, the more I like that idea. Final call for final calls here on Sports Talk. In the meantime, if you want to join us, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number to get you through to us. Let's see if there's any other notes that I wanted to pass along to you. We talked about that NLRB thing, and we talked about that, um, touched on that, mentioned that, uh, talked about that, hit that up, pass that on, mentioned that, uh, talked about that. Oh, here goes something we haven't mentioned. North Carolina expected to hire UCF, OC, and former Troy head coach Chip Lindsey as their new offensive coordinator. It's Chip Lindsey going to North Carolina reportedly. And uh, the bash is underway. We talked about that earlier in the week. High school basketball, uh, uh, not, it's not all-star action. It's, it's teams. It's top teams. Ten top teams. I think it's ten teams. Ten top teams, including Oak Hill Academy and Ridgeview and Lexington. That's underway now over at Ridgeview High School. So um, check that out if you get a if you get a chance to, and let's see if there's anything else here to pass along. Um, Got one other note for you, Phil. And yeah, I actually saw it come across the wire right at the end of the show last night, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned it tonight. I don't think I've heard you say it. Did you mention that Clemson defensive tackle Tyler Davis has accepted an invitation to play in the Reese's Senior Bowl? Uh, he will be joining. KJ Henry and defensive tackle rookie Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> I tried. Let's just call him. Let's just call him Rook. Rook. Good job, Rook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of good job, Rook. Yeah. So, anyways, um, just want to make sure we got that out there. So, to your point, though, you said this earlier in the show about somebody else. Does that is that an indication that he's moving on and not returning? One I would say so. Yeah. If you're playing in the Senior Bowl, that means you're playing in front of the NFL coaches and general managers. So. Uh, that's usually you're usually done at that point. So he just put that out today, or the senior no, bowl I, did. I, I, yeah, the senior bowl did on on their Twitter account. I saw them put that out last night. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen anything from from Clemson regarding that. Okay, and I did not mention this in recruiting. Twenty four uh, offensive tackle Blake Franks from Greenville told twenty four seven Sports that he's going to visit South Carolina this weekend, and then he'll be ready to make his decision. With Clemson and Ole Miss, the other two under consideration. And here, I actually just found more information. Uh, apologies. I wish I'd read this before. I just said that. Uh, looks like On3 did an interview or, or spoke with Tyler Davis today and directly asked him about what his plans were regarding the NFL draft. And Tyler Davis said, quote, I don't know yet. I've accepted the invitation, but I don't know. So at this point, he has. So you can play in the. You can play in the Senior Bowl and still come back and play another year in college. I I, I guess so. I mean, not, I'm not sure. I've not heard of anybody doing that, but uh, I guess with today's world, anything is possible. He said that he is going to wait and speak with his family after the Orange Bowl on December 30th, and then quote, just weigh out my options, talk to my family, see what's going going to happen. But he talked about how he wanted to 
show his commitment to each other and the team by finishing out and playing in the bowl game. Well, that's now you see that's what you like to hear. Sure, yeah, that's what you like to hear from a player. Uh, okay, let's update some other basketball. Talked about the South Carolina women, uh, twenty nine to nineteen. The half is um, running out. And the Gamecocks are up ten. See what else we've got going on in college basketball tonight. Um, anything else involving state teams? Looking to see. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Presbyterian beat Elon 69-63. That's the only other game tonight involving a state team. Well, it is Thursday night. That's usually pretty slow. And South Carolina women up 29-19 on South Dakota State. We got Lehigh up early on Wisconsin, thirteen to five, and uh, we got NFL football tonight. If you have, uh, if you're an Amazon subscriber, you've got the 49ers and the Seahawks, and you got the 49ers. I believe if they win, they clinch their division. They're nine and four going into this game. Of course, they're going to be without Debo Samuel now for a while. After that, uh, well, it turned out better than it looked, but he had a very ugly injury. Last week, and Seahawks seven and six, they're trying to fight their way into the playoffs. So that's coming up tonight in the NFL. And let's see if there's anything else to tell you about here. I think that's pretty much it. So it's been a busy, busy day. Busy day. Bowl practices underway. Have you made your plans to go down to your bowl game and support your team? Be it uh, the Gamecocks, the Tigers, the uh, Chanticleers. Got all that coming up with the Birmingham Bowl and the bowl game in Jacksonville, the bowl game in Miami. You know what? We'll be at all three of them. We got uh, Chris Bergen will be with the Shauna Clears in beautiful, blustery Birmingham. Matt Smith will be in Jacksonville, which will be a hopping place. I got to believe there's going to be a ton of Gamecock fans there. I don't think everything that's happened here in the offseason has dampened their appetite for this opportunity against Notre Dame. What's Notre Dame done? And then uh, I'll be with uh, I'll be covering Clemson in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and uh, it just works out well that way because the Clemson game won't kick off until after eight o'clock. So I'll be able to host a full sports talk on that Friday night, and Smitty will cover the Gamecocks. We'll have coverage of that, and of course, like I said, Chris will be with Coastal Carolina. He'll bring all that to us. Coastal plays on the twenty seventh. I think it is 27th, 28th, something like that. There are a couple of days ahead of the others, I think. So the, 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 the key point of all this is sports talk will be at all three to bring it all to you. And so we're looking forward to that. Uh, but I wanted to check real quick if I have time to see what uh, the situation is with Notre Dame. Coastal plays the 27th against East Carolina. Okay. And Notre Dame in the transfer portal – Wanted to see what uh, their situation looked like as far as uh, players heading out. Um, you know who's lost 12 players so far is Oklahoma State. Let's look at the – Michigan's had five transfer out, and this is a team going to the playoff. They've had they've had five. Um, let's see. Florida State has had uh, eight Hit the portal. Oklahoma's had 12. Kentucky's had 10. This is according to uh, on three, as I look through their database. Uh, Virginia Tech's had 10. 
Iowa's had nine. Michigan State's had nine. So, I mean, look, this is widespread. Arkansas's had 16. 16 players to go into the portal. Arizona State, 14. Notre Dame has had uh, six. So, they've not been hit all that hard to this point. Oregon's had 15. Wow. Okay, that'll do it. Thanks for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.